you'll come in when I say, so Aaron, let's hear your best. This is a stupid sentence, but I say, Aaron, let's hear your best VO and tell us what I left out about you. I don't like that. Aaron, tell us, I'm just going to say, Aaron, tell us what I left out about you. Oh no, I don't know what to say. Oh, I have a cool dog named Jan. There, that's great. You're listening to Service from Hell, a podcast featuring people that are currently in customer service positions or the lucky few that got out and all the good, bad, and infinitely irritating things that go along with that work. I'm actor and writer Kate Gaffney, and I'm uniquely qualified to discuss this as I currently work at a very busy and very popular comedy club in Los Angeles. And at least one of you listening right now has probably grabbed me and told me that you were ready to order when I was running around like a crazy person. So let's eat. I'd like to welcome our guest, Aaron Lampart. Aaron is a voice actor and comic originally from Lancaster, Pennsylvania. Currently, Aaron is co-producer and host of the extremely successful stand-up show slash pizza party, Sauce, and recently completed a sold-out run of her solo show, Lamps, an evening with Aaron Lampart. Who? At the Lyric Hyperion Theater in Los Angeles. For those of you not in LA, you may have seen Aaron on the Comedy Central hit Corporate or on True TV's Hack My Life. I better know Aaron from the halls of the Second City and for sure being on stage a time or two improvising our stupid faces off. So Aaron, tell us what I left out about you. Well, I'm glad you mentioned that I do have a stupid face. (laughs) That is very true about me. Um, I also have a dog named Jan who I love so much. Hi, Jan. She's just a little fluff. (laughs) And so, okay, you're originally from Lancaster. Uh, Actually, that's not entirely true. Uh, oh. I forgot. I'm at, I forgot where I'm from. I <laughs> originally am from I was born in Queens, New York. What? I didn't know that. Well, I was born at Long Island Jewish Hospital, which is technically in Queens. Oh my God, I love that. <laughs> and uh, my parents bought a house in Long Island. Our grandparents lived in Queens. So I kind of like lived in both of those places until I was 10. And then we moved to Lancaster. Oh, so you're 100% a New Yorker. Like, yeah. Yeah, 10 years makes you, yeah. Yeah, I mean, childhood, yeah. Yeah. I'm glad I wasn't a teen in New York. I don't know. I feel like I would be a very different person if I was a teenager on Long Island. Because they were exposed to too much too soon? or I don't know. I just, it's just a whole different culture, you know? I don't, I can't explain it. Okay. So you, so you move from New York to Pennsylvania. Do you identify more with Pennsylvania than New York? Or do you go back and visit New York and you're like, oh, this is home? You know, it's interesting because a lot of home that existed in New York is no longer there. You know, my family, like a lot of my family is still there but like the houses that I grew up in uh, you know everybody's like in a condo now or something but Pennsylvania feels like home I mean like I definitely laid a lot of roots there Okay. So yeah, I think Pennsylvania is a little more home, but I definitely have that, you know, that city streak. Yeah, you do. That explains the East Coast fire in you. There's a little <laughs> bit of New York. Okay. So you came, did you go to college out on the East Coast and then moved to LA or where, where'd you go? I didn't go to college. Ooh, I purposely asked that to shame her. I'm an asshole. <laughs> no, so hey, I'm not shamed. Good. Good. You shouldn't be. All right. So you graduate high school and move out to LA or what's your, okay. So what happened? No, I didn't go to college because I was never encouraged to make anything of myself. (laughs) Real talk. (laughs) Cause when you're a woman, you serve the men. (laughs) Anyway. Um, so yeah, also I'm not from any sort of generational wealth. Uh, so it was just always kind of like, no, no, you can't, you know, we, we can't afford it. You can't afford it. Like, so I just didn't go. And uh, I worked. My parents were like, you have to work. Basically, they were like, you have to work for a year until you figure out what you want to do. Now, was that post high school or was that during this high school? This is like during high school. Jesus. And like, I was like, okay, well, I know what I want to do. Well, you know, which was? I wanted to go to like an art school. I wanted to go to like the University of the Arts, something <laughs> like that. To do what kind of art? 
I wanted to like do theater. I was a theater kid at heart. But now looking back, thank God I wasn't a theater major. <laughs> Honestly. Why? Because I mean, we can't do anything with that major? No, what do you but mean? I'm just saying like, I feel like, you know, all my debt is my own. You know what I mean? Like Fair point. Okay. So yeah. you, so they're like, figure it out, work for a year. Work do for a year. So I was, that's where I first started working in restaurants. Okay. We're going to come back to that. Okay. So how long do you stay in Pennsylvania before you come to Los Angeles? Or was it a direct PA to LA? Oh no, I, I worked, I worked for like five years years trying to figure out what I wanted to do okay you know because like I knew what I wanted to do but it wasn't possible I even tried to get into college I like put all my eggs into one basket but like the basket always has a hole in it you know what I mean (laughs) so um yeah there's only one egg in the basket (laughs) so basically you know I try at like 19 to try to get into this school I tried to take my SATs like a year out of being in uh, after high school anyway that's hard didn't work did not work, uh, get very discouraged and, um, eventually make my way into the community theater. Amazing. Community theater is legit. Well, yeah. I mean, it was like, I, I, I kind of like really gave up on everything after I didn't get into school. The the two schools I tried to get into later in life, you know, and later in life at 19, <laughs> 19 and 20. Yeah. Um, and so in a way it was good for me to like, just feel like I didn't have that anymore because then when I, you know, something sort of sparked. There was like a an ad, like a casting call in the entertainment section of the newspaper for this one play. I was like, oh, that's my favorite play. Like, which maybe is? it what? was uh, Gypsy, the musical Gypsy. Oh, that's your favorite? It was at the time, you know, it was like, I, yeah, I don't know. There's something about it. And I was like, maybe I can, maybe I can get this part. And I got called back for like the part I wanted, my dream role. Which was? Louise. And I didn't get it. I got one of the Hollywood blondes. (laughs) Which makes so much sense. But you know what? I'm really glad I did that because I... It got me back into... I had done theater at that place when I was like 15. Oh, I love that so And much. so to go back when I was older and everybody remembered me. Oh, Aaron. From that little part when I was 15. And so it felt really good to like... That was a really good place to embrace me instead of like college. Sure. I think. And so I just kept doing stuff at that theater. And... For how many how many years were you Like, I want to say like five, you know? Like okay. I ended up working at this country club for five years and I, which allowed me to do this, like keep this theater schedule. And yeah, I don't know. I think I just started daydreaming of a better life while I was working at that country club. That's worthwhile. And it just... Like I had always kind of threatened myself to like get out of Pennsylvania. You were and like, I'm going to, if you don't do this. It was, yeah, it was kind of like, I need to get out of here. There's nothing for me here besides my friends and this theater. You know, like I really just wanted to, I always felt like I wanted to get out and do more. And sure. I didn't really exactly know what that was, but I knew there was something. And then I ran into an old high school friend who we saw each other at like karaoke or something. And he was like, hey, how's it going? I was like, oh my gosh, I was just thinking about you. I just got back into theater. Like it's kind of like making me think of all like our time, you know, doing shows in high school and stuff. And he was like, oh, that's cool. He's like, but when are you going to start thinking about your comedy? Are you serious? And I was like, what? Like nobody had ever put it so bluntly clearly and yeah. bluntly. And I was like, oh, I have a comedy to work on. Oh. And so that kind of really like, started opening up my brain a little bit on like what I could do. And so that kind of led me here. Okay. So how quickly after that conversation did you move to LA? Oh my God. I'm telling you years. It was, it took, okay. it, I take but planted a, a long time. That's yeah. okay. I don't remember the exact timeline. I'm also trying to like not reveal how, how oh, I get decrepitly it. old I am. You guys, she's 56 and she looks amazing. 66. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Well, I was trying to shave off 10 years. Okay. So you, so that took some time and then you packed 
backup. Was there anywhere in between Pennsylvania and Los Angeles or was it directly? Oh, direct. Okay. So did you move out here with friends or anybody? No. So you just pack your shit. You're like, bye mom and dad. It took me a long time. Like it took me six months from the time I decided to do. Well, that's the thing. After years of being like, what should I do? Where should I go? I want to leave. I need to get out of this town. I need to do something. I finally like have a basically a nervous breakdown, <laughs> like decide I need to like break up with my boyfriend, leave, break a lease, you know, quit my job, everything and just go. So that happened in like the month of August and I was in LA by March. Holy shit. That's fast. So that's it fast was pretty fast. Yeah. I quit smoking. I like did all this stuff. I was, Damn, like, Aaron. I was like, I gotta go. I just, I gotta go. <laughs> okay. And so it was a really good motivator to quit smoking. It was like, I'm going to save so much money and I have to get out of this town. The only way I can save money is if I quit smoking. The only way I can feasibly quit smoking is making a complete lifestyle change. That is so actually very fucking cool. This is pretty cool. I'm it, pretty proud it, of myself. You should be. That's really fucking cool. So you just, you quit smoking. You start saving that money. You're like, here I go. You pack your car. Did you do it all in in like one, like pack your car fully and then mm. one trip out and you're like, I'm done? Or did it you make several trips? I mean, it was kind of a wild ride. So I'm, you know, I make the decision in August. I break up with my boyfriend in like September. <laughs> we continue to live together oh, until we break the God. lease. It's okay though. You know, we really were, we were such good friends friends by that point mm -hmm. and we had discussed everything and we had been through so much that like it was actually okay okay there were like no secrets and he was like yeah i feel like you have like a terminal illness and and like you're about to like just leave and then that's gonna be it and listen like, getting into entertainment is some version <laughs> yes, of a terminal illness yes. so he was not wrong <laughs> no he's not he's not wrong but he was great he was very supportive and then we had to break the lease. Uh, I ended up like getting into a car accident. <laughs> I had strep throat, all this stuff, right as I'm like trying to pack up this apartment and this five-year relationship oh and all this stuff. And then I was going to move in with two of my best friends. In Los Angeles or no, just, no, temporarily it, just temporarily in Pennsylvania? in Pennsylvania. Okay. I was going to move into their attic. And that was actually the best thing. I lived with them for like two months before I moved out here. And that was, it was really good for me. It felt like I had parents <laughs> for Aww. a minute, you know, but like, yeah, I don't know. I felt like I was like their kid. I was paying them a little rent and it was just like a nice home to go to, you yeah. know, in this weird, weird time. It was a transition. That's really lovely. Totally. It was a nice place to transition. And they liked having me there. <laughs> I bet they did. You're fun. Yeah. And um, so two months go by. Two months go by. And then um, my friend Danielle, who I, you know, picked to tr to drive across the country with me because she had done it before. Aww. Not with me. I was like, I want to go with you. I want to go with somebody. And she was the perfect, perfect road trip companion, perfect moral support. She was great. So she's gassing you up the whole time. Like, let's do this. We got this. Come on. Oh, yeah. I mean, I was stoked. I was like really excited. I had never driven across the country. I'd always wanted to do that. Also, I'd always wanted to leave fucking Pennsylvania. Hello. So I'm, you know, killing a lot of birds. <laughs> One, one big fat stone <laughs> boulder okay so you guys how long did it take you to get from we took our time we okay. like we left on a sunday i did smoke a few cigarettes in like february and march and i i have to say that you it's know okay. but i my last cigarette was the night before and you literally have never smoked since i've not i've you know put a cigarette to my lips for a prop sure i've held a, a cigarette but i've never inhaled a lit cigarette since then since then that is so cool like that that makes la such like a healing place for so totally. many reasons i i feel like I, I came to this conclusion recently that people come to la and they either heal or they die and oh. you kind of have to like almost do one before you do the other i fucking feel that in my bones that is so real i identify yeah. with that so hard yes 
Yes. Sometimes they come to do both. It's woo. Yeah. That is so real. Okay. So you move out here and you're like, now your friend, she's, she's gone. She oh drops my gosh. you off. That's, that's when the reality hit is like once we got to LA and I was like, oh, I'm not, I'm not going home. I'm, this is this home. Is it. This is home. And like, I got a little excited, you know, once we finally made it to the 101. <laughs> <laughs> oh, like, that drive-in is so specific. Silver Lake Boulevard. That's going to be my exit. And then, did you really say that? Yeah, it was true. I had and that's ha- true for you. It's true. It's still true for me. Oh my god! Oh, you already found a place to live. Then I, I found a place to live. I had a roommate set up. We just so I got here on like March twenty seventh, and I think we couldn't get the keys until like April first, which oh, was my birthday. Get the vote. This I, is kismet on a whole nother level. Yeah. And so I was like, I'm not going to turn undisclosed age yep. in Pennsylvania. <laughs> I won't do it. And I didn't. So she left and then I started bawling my my face off. How and could that you not? lasted for months. That probably lasted like for a full year. So my what first kept you here? Full year. Well, it's funny because I told everybody when I was leaving, I'm just going to try it for a year. Okay. And I had plans to take classes at Second City. That's where that's where I landed. I was like, I don't really know what I'm doing with this move, but I'm going to get there and I'm going to immerse myself in Second City classes. That's a great, that, that became my first touchstone. And I was like, and whatever, then we'll see where that goes. Yeah. You know? So second, so you, you're like, I'm giving myself a year and you were crying every day. And I was like, so what kept you beyond the year? Cause if, if I were crying every day for a year, I don't know that I would have stayed. Just thinking about like, you know, there was so much that I left behind, but at the same time there was nothing for me. Like it was such a pull on my brain. Yeah. You know, of like, oh, there's nothing for you, but there's nothing here. It was just like, oh man, I had never felt more alone and lonely and lost in my life. LA will do, it can be tough. But it's good. I mean, it's really, it was really good for me. I had been a relationship girl. I had been constantly doing things for everybody else. And this was the first time that I was like, okay, kid, it's just you and me. And it was really, I mean, hey, best thing I have ever done move to LA oh yeah so you give it a year mm-hmm. then you land it's are you taking second city classes during the first so year I start with um an immersive uh, what was it called immersion Inten- class yeah intensive immersion yeah. class with Dave Rosowski. oh he was the best I love you Dave if you listen to this you are the best yeah still the best still I still the best. have notes I took from him same in 2008 oh, so I love him yeah I did that and I still didn't have a job okay so and I knew that I had about you know, I can maybe fake it till I made it for like three months, but I didn't want to do that. I like needed a job. You mean you could fake it like financially? Financially. I had like a pretty good little cushion, but not, you know, I mean, it was just me. It was just me. Nobody was really helping. Like I had, I had no safety net, you know, my parents gave me a, a laptop, which was very helpful, but like that was it. So I like had a laptop. I had a cell phone and an apartment. Thank God. I didn't even have a smartphone. I'm just thinking about this. Yeah, I had to maneuver around LA without a GPS. Girl, how? Oh, man. I had a book that I recommend if you're moving to LA. They still make volumes of it. It's called Not for Tourists. Oh, interesting. Get get an updated edition. I would read that like my Bible in the days leading up to me moving. Because you're like, I'm going to find out where I'm going. At the country club. It was like very slow in the winter. And I was just like, I'm going to like figure out what the hell, where I'm going to be, what I'm going to do. It it was really helpful because it gave me a list of, it just like has everything divided into neighborhood. Oh, that's awesome. And it's like got detailed maps and like nightlife, bars. So I was already like, I had a list of restaurants I wanted to apply to. I felt like I had my shit together. You really did though, girl. then I got here and I was like, oh, nothing makes sense. (laughs) Well, it's not supposed to here. It's a massive city. Nothing makes sense. It took me eight months to find a restaurant job eight months eight months and i had 
a lot of experience. I had eight years of restaurant experience. Why did it, why do you feel like it took so long? Well, because I just moved here. And And you didn't know anyone. I didn't know anybody. I knew one person who was very helpful to me. She ended up like helping me figure out how to land a union job for like a weekend. Oh, wow. And that, Oh my gosh, that was like one of the, that was the most harrowing things I've ever had to do. I had to get a social security card. I had to like go through all this bullshit to get hired through this union to work this catering event at the convention center. I didn't know that they had a union for like food service workers. Oh, it's really, I had to call a lot of numbers. And thank you to my friend, (laughs) Carrie, if you're listening to this, (laughs) Carrie Rappaport, really the one person I knew when I moved here helped me get that union job that saved my butt and also allowed me to go to Coachella that first year. (laughs) There has never been a more LA response than that Coachella. This is when Coachella is still only like $90 a day and it was actually very doable um wait so you get in the food service union and then so you but that was temporary it was just temporary so you're like after that is when you found the restaurant job way after that i mean that that happened okay so i go to second city i'm like i put out feelers like hey i'm looking for a job this one guy in my class gets me an an audition they call it not an interview i fucking hate i can't deal i can't deal oh Uh, my god this is the craziest job i've ever had so it's and it's too much this this job itself needs its own podcast. I won't even talk about it on stage because it's too much. Really? But basically, it was an infomercial style sales job where we would go from mall to mall all over LA County and beyond and try to infomercial style sell a mop. Okay. We're going to, I'm going to pause her because we're going to, I'm going to actually make her get into mop this. Sales, yeah. Mop sales, mop sales, <laughs> moving to LA to sell some mops. The shit she won't talk about on stage, I'm going to make her talk about in a little bit in our next segment. So, okay. So you, you're in LA now. You've been here for a minute. You feel settled. Is the, is LA home? Uh, oh, now? Yes. Yeah. Oh, totally. Okay. Yes. And, um, so you graduated second city? I did. Yeah. Okay. I went through, I took all the classes you could possibly take. Okay. I went, I took right. I did everything. And then I was like, well, I guess, I guess I'm done. <laughs> okay. So what got you into stand up out of improv and stand up? Cause those are two vastly different things. I never wanted to be a stand up. I don't even consider myself a stand-up. I, I'm a comic. I call my I'm a comic, okay? Yeah. I'm an entertainer, baby. But I <laughs> baby. thought that all stand-up was just like, what's the deal with this? <laughs> Jerry Seinfeld That's circa 1992. And, and so I just like <laughs> never had an interest in it. And um, after like all the improv stuff, I was like, okay, where is this going to lead me? And then I was like, oh, I want to write sketch. I want to like do sketch comedy. So then I started taking the sketch classes. I wrote a show, put it up at Second City, all this stuff. And then- A one-person show at Second City? No, it was an ensemble. It was like a sketch ensemble I wrote with somebody from my class and we like incorporated other people from my class. It was really cool. It was like a really great opportunity. It's a shitload of work. It was a lot of work and I'm I'm really proud of that. You, you should know? be. I'm glad we did that. And then I truly don't know what got me into stand-up. I think I found an open mic that was right near my house and I don't know, man. I think I ran into like a teacher from Second City and we were all going to do the mic, something like that. And it was just like, yeah, maybe I'll try this. I got some stuff I can talk about. And were you overwhelmed or did you love it the first oh, time I you stepped on stage? I fucking hated it. Hated the first it. time I did an open mic, it took me like eight months to go back. Really? Yeah. Because we're the, when you, people don't understand, for a lot of open mics, you're mostly performing for other comics. Oh, yeah. And performing for other comics is, you you may as well cut your own limbs off because yeah. they won't laugh at you. They're jealous of you. They're mad at you, especially if you're a woman. Mm-hmm. Sorry, but that's a fact. Mm-hmm. And then. Especially you, if you're funny. If you're oh, a funny woman. forget it forget it. Then they're even more mad. Yeah. So you do this open mic and was that the reception? It was like crickets. What I really remember, what I remember most is not my performance, which I'm sure was 
nothing. Spectacular. <laughs> First time up what at the I, mic. What I mostly remember that, that made me never want to like go back was sitting through two hours of other of people's bullshit. Dude after dude <laughs> after dude no. after unfunny dude and waiting, waiting, waiting for my turn and, and watching the room empty out as more people go to the, do their turn. And now I'm like, oh, I'm going to be performing for this empty room. And let me tell you, babies, it's not changed. It is still a lot like that. Um, and so the thing, okay, so we've had other comics on that have explained they would, in a night, you could potentially do like five open mics. Yeah, and, and you have friends. Well, I mean, and that that's is, what I think. Okay, listen, I'll say this. That's one, that's how you get good. Sorry, that's I okay. hit the thing. You're good. Uh, I feel like that is, you do have to do that to an extent. Mm-hmm. But you also have to remember that you're not a machine. And if you don't keep yourself a human being in the midst of your fucking grind. Sorry, but this is true. This kills me to my core. You're just going to be wasting everybody else's time. What do you mean by that? Like, okay. If you grind so hard that you forget that you're a human and I I don't know, I can't really articulate what I mean, but you're going to inevitably burn out, get cynical, you know, something negative that is going to make you go up to that fifth open mic where you're just trying to chase a laugh you know, for, it's like drugs. Yes. And then you get, you don't, you don't get your laugh. You get pissed off. You shit on the crowd. You're yeah. wasting everybody's time because you didn't take time to just fucking sit back for a minute and assess yourself and like, Hey, what do I need? Maybe I need a rest. Maybe I need to eat a meal. Yeah. I don't know. I think that there's so much, there's so many people in stand-up comedy who don't take care of themselves. Oh, it's so pervasive. It's so, it's out. And that's why so many of them end up massively depressed or dead. Well, I think we're all depressed yeah, in on the some first level. Place. Yeah, fair. But it, it it just gets it's such a depressing place to be. Not everywhere is like that, but man, there's a lot of open mics that are just well, and the thing that like so for life people, sucking. Yeah, and for people who don't live in Los Angeles, it's the drive everywhere that takes up your time. But it's also that energy of being in a room full filled with people who are sort of mad at the, themselves, mad at you, mad at the promoter, mad at the venue because yeah. they don't want to have to sit there. And then it's like they get on stage with that energy, and then you're like, yeah, of course you're not getting laughs. Your energy is so mad. Right? You have to balance out your grind you do. and your work with something that else. brings you joy. Anything Figure else. it out for fun and for free just do something literally else. figure it out yeah. i started taking dance classes yeah, yeah and and i started honestly i would feel guilty going to dance i was like oh, wednesday night do i do do i do three open mics or do i do i take this dance class that makes me feel so much better as a person and you're like dance class it is and it's just for me and you know what i've been taking those classes since 2012 and look who's tap dancing interact now she is guys to, she is you know accurate so okay like so it. so what <laughs> to the greatest people like it (laughs) people love it what made you realize like at what point were you doing the five open mics in a night and like grinding yourself into a five i would never do five i would do like three three tops still a lot so at what point were you like hold on aaron look yourself in the mirror no i gotta i gotta start taking care of myself or were you always taking care of yourself uh i don't well Well, there was a lot of personal stuff going on in 2012 2012 was like the beginning of the end. 2012 is where I was like, I'm either going to die or heal. Mm. You know? And so what was the question? <laughs> so so what got you out of the being in the machine? Because three open mics a night oh, is yeah. being in the machine. Well, I think that I just had no other choice. I, I hit this like emotional rock bottom. And I was like, if I, I don't want to feel like this all the time anymore. Mm. I'm not saying comedy did it. I'm just saying it was like everything. Everything just came to a big like, what the fuck? And I think honestly, that was five years into me living here. Wow. I think five years was a hard milestone. I would agree. 
similar. I feel similarly. Because then it's like, what have I done? Five years. What have I even done? I've just been trying to, I've just been trying to pay rent, you know, but it's it's groundhog day out here too. Every day feels the goddamn same because it's sunny and beautiful every day. So five years can go by in a like snap. Yeah, it's true. But, um, you know, so you're like, I'm going to start taking care of myself. This is the year. Yeah. And then, but you stay in stand up during I that do. time. I kind of, I don't, I don't want to say I take a break from it. I think, uh, I think a little of me wanted to take a break or something. Like I kept saying, like, I'm breaking up with stand up. But then I would go stalk an open mic, like an ex girlfriend, just being like, okay, well, maybe I'll just like watch. It's such an abusive it's relationship. So it's crazy. It's so stupid. No, it's not stupid. It's just, I get it. I yeah. so get, okay. So, well, I don't, I'm I not never a comic, really but. stopped, you know, because like, even though I would say like, I'm taking a break, like people would still ask me to do shows and I would hundred percent say yes. But here's something that now five with five extra years on top of that five years, I learned to not say yes to everything. Oh girl. Talk about this. That was please. the first five years. The first five years was like, yes, yes, yes. yes, yes. I'll do every show. Yes. Every show. Yes. Uh-huh. 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 And when I think back, there's, I mean, a specific show in mind that I felt so terrible after because I was like, why did I, I just, that wasn't fun for anybody. I wasn't having fun. They weren't having fun. I should have just said, no, I can't do the show. And it's fine. You know, I probably wasn't as bad as I am remembering it, but I do think to that, like if I'm in a bad place, so my grandmother died this past summer oh, I'm sorry. and it's okay. You know, like she was old and she but had you dementia. Were very, you were I was ready that. for it, but I also wasn't quite ready for the permanence to yeah. hit me in the way that it did. Yeah. And so I'll remember she, she passed away the end of June. I kind of, July was a big blur and August felt like, okay, well I should be like getting back into this now. Jesus. Only after a month. Yeah. Because I mean, I ha- I still had my weekly show that I had to, you know, I was obligated to go to and but then I remember somebody asked me to do a show and I said, yes, because that's what you do. And the day leading up to it, I was just like panicking over yeah. it. Like, I can't, I can't do it. I don't want to do it. And I draw, I bailed on it. And that's so hard for me. I felt, I wish if I would have just said no in the first place, if I would have just taken, taken a step back, taken a little assessment, come on lamps, <laughs> maybe you shouldn't force yourself to be funny right now, you know? Yeah. But when you're and in grief, your brain is literally broken. I was you, broken. Yeah. I just needed I just needed to be a lump on the couch. And that's that real. That's so real. And sometimes you need to do that and not feel guilty about it. Not even just in, in relation to grief, but in, in living out in L.A. Sometimes yeah. you need a lump on the couch night. And I know that I'm, no one's asking me for advice here, but like, do it, girl. man, if you're grinding to the point where you're just all you're doing is working your regular job and then eating fast food because it's convenient and cheap and then trying to do as many mics as you can and then going to sleep and waking up the next day and doing it all over again. Whew. Well, that's why the booze and the cigarettes and the drugs are so real. Yeah, in the I'm not saying I don't have my vices, but we like, all do. But the, but it is. Cr- I mean, you at the comedy club where I work, I've watched people really, really get real close to that edge and be terrified for them and I'm, be like, you can because you can I'm see scared it. Scared for so many people. That same. I know. Same. Oh, we're getting too real. And <laughs> we just talked about a lot of heavy stuff. But that's comedy. We're just being honest. All right, guys. So we hope you enjoyed your apps. We're going to go on to the entrees after oh, a quick man, break. I'm so full. Those are appetizers. <laughs> Woo, oh, baby. Good, good, good line, Erin. That's very good. I didn't even tell her to say that. She's so good. We're going to take a quick break we are back and now it is time for the entrees okay so aaron this is the super speedy speed round of questions now this is where uh mop job better come up because the audience is pissed i interrupted that story and i really want to hear it but we're gonna go in order what was your first job ever 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 first job ever 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 was and i know this is like not the government but my i have to say it my first job ever 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 was painting faces get the fuck out of here um funk's fruit farm 
that funks? tell me that's real funks fruit farm has to i love alliteration funks yeah no they had like a pumpkin patch thing every year and my friend was like oh i was supposed to do this and i can't you should do it i'm just gonna interrupt shout out to the owners of funks fruit farm because <laughs> god damn it they Not couldn't in, survive in spite of the alliteration that they had ah that is the best name for a business of all time. <laughs> okay. Well, Aaron contributed a bit. So your your girlfriend's like, hey, I can't do this job. You want to step in. Did you know how to paint faces? No. Oh, God. <laughs> but they, it was, it was, it was really cool. It was really easy. It wasn't that busy. Wait, someone asked for Batman and you just paint. No, like... we had like a little guide and it was oh, like, nice. you pick, pick what you want. It was free. So that nobody was like, I want to be a tigress. You know, it was just like, <laughs> you want the whale or do you want the spaceship? <laughs> Both very similar shapes. That makes sense. But my first government job, I don't know if I'm allowed to yeah, do, do this it. two part was, yes. uh, I was scooping ice cream at Ollie's ice cream shop. Now I, you got to explain how hard that is on your arms and shoulders because I can't I, I just don't think I could do that. It was, it was, it sucked. And also this is disgusting. And I like never really thought about it, but I would come home covered, to, covered to my elbows in ice cream. That's gross. <laughs> That's really gross. That's really gross. That means all the of my shift. long ass arm hair was getting into everyone's <laughs> ice cream. Also Ollie's ice cream shop also closed. Erin, I think you're bad luck. I'm just going to be honest. I feel like you're responsible for a lot of things closing. Uh, no, they were terrible business owners. Well, I mean, if they let you have your arm covered in ice cream and continue serving with your arm hair and uh, that's gross. Nobody, okay. Yeah. It's like nobody noticed. Nobody, nobody felt like they should say something to you like, Hey, you want to take a five and go wash your fucking arms? <laughs> okay, great. Uh, how many customer service jobs have you had? And feel free to take your time. We're going to add this up. You can say them as you want, but we're going to add this up. So I would okay. consider face painting as the first one because okay. that is customer service. Does uh, flower sales? Absolutely. Okay. Cause there's also flun- Funk's flower farm. I, I will die. They, whoever, God bless. May Funks, rest. That's just a very common Pennsylvania name. But also the alliteration is brilliant. It is. Funk's flower farm, Funk's fruit. What was it? Funk's Fruit, fruit farm. farm. This, this is smart. I'm very sad they're closed. So you worked on the flower side as well? Yeah. Um, uh, Mother's Day and Easter, they would uh, you would make a shitload of money in high school. Just like cash. Just cash in your hand for working a very long, long day of selling bunches of flowers. Who gave you the cash? Was it via the farm. tips? The farm gave you cash. Yeah. Okay. You just got you just got paid for your hours. Let's see. There was face painting. There was fruit farming. There was then flower selling. So we're at three. Ice cream scooping. Yeah, now we're at four. And then uh, I was a busser. Five. At one restaurant. And then I moved on to Country Club. Six. Then I moved out here. Oh, union boy. job. That first union job. That catering. would be seven. Oh, yeah. Catering jobs. Catering, Rando seven. catering jobs. We're going to make that seven and eight because there's so many of those. There's so now a few of those. Okay, yeah. So now we're up to eight. Okay. And then there was, oh, my God. Honestly, hostessing. Oh. A, a very popular Hollywood restaurant that has moved locations and is still in business, which was the grossest, I'm putting it on record, the grossest food serving restaurant I have ever worked in. I wish that they had closed permanently. That place ran on cocaine. Are you able to say the name? I don't want to say the name because they are still in business. Okay. But I'll just tell you, they were very popular. They had a gorgeous patio. They had a lot of rules. Okay. (laughs) And uh, they're in a different location now. I'm putting it together. So we're at nine. Okay. Okay. That was the worst. I often say that was the worst job I ever had. And I sold bops. Really? Yes. 
Okay, well, we're gonna have to hear more about that, but we're okay. at nine. And Keep then going. Mops, you're counting yep, that? Uh, 100%. You had to deal with customers. 10. Okay, 10. Then I finally got my dream fine dining job. 11. <laughs> then I got my lunch waitress job. Oh, God, 12. Oh, then I, this was fun. Then I got a cocktail waitressing job at the Echo. Boo. No, 13. that was fun. Oh, you loved it? I loved it. Cocktail that was waitressing, like a, you can make a grip of money, but it's a dream hard. job. Well, really? It was live music in my favorite venue. Oh, okay. Well, that And I was it. the only one. So it was just, oh, you and I money. was like a savior. People would be like, oh my Big, God, how'd yes. you guess? How'd you get here so fast? I'm like, eh, I cut through the kitchen. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, I figured it out. Don't worry about it. Um, so that's 13. Mm-hmm. Oh God. Then I worked at a cocktailing at the venue by my house, which was the worst job next to that popular Hollywood, Hollywood spot. Uh, popular Hollywood spot. Okay. We're at 14. Are you willing to say the name of the place by your house? No, it's okay. Shh. No, because, you know, the bar manager was really nice. Okay. The owners fucking suck, but the bar manager was really nice. He never did me wrong. Okay. And then I think that just puts us... Oh, oh my God. Another horrible catering. Catering is always Catering a vegan restaurant. Oh, God. But it was production catering. Please explain what that means. It fucking sucks. It's the worst. So my call time... Would be 4, 4 a.m. 4 a.m. And you know what? I wouldn't get my... I wouldn't know where I was going to go until or the what I needed to do until the night before. Sometimes 9 p.m. Nope. So what time are you supposed to go to bed? Yeah. If you have to be there at 4, you have to be up by 3. Oh, I hated minimum. that place so much. So we're at 15. Okay. How long did you work there? Oh, God. From like May to July. Girl, you lasted that long? That's impressive. What else? And does that get us up to today? That gets us up to... uh Yeah. My bar job. Okay. So we, so 16 customer service jobs yeah, is where we go. Yeah, that's crazy. You win. You, you're the most of all the people I've interviewed. Thank you. That's wow. impressive. <laughs> there's, there's a prize for it. So we just did that math. What, which was your favorite job? And you can have more than one, but, but like of all of them, when you're looking at them, you're like, oh, this is, was it the echo? I think it was the echo because it really was like, I, it, it also seemed a lot uh, a lot more promising at the time. Like it seemed like I could maybe work my way up to being a bartender there, but then I realized all the bartenders there were like really what's the word possessive, and they didn't want to get rid of that. Chef. They hated the cocktail waitress, so that made it a little hard. Like once they got to know me, they were like, "Oh, okay, she's fine." But there was I remember my one of my first nights. The bartender, her name was fucking Alice, and she was a fucking bitch. Alice. And I'll say it. I'm <laughs> sorry. Alice. I hate using that word, but she was. <laughs> what was in her name? Fucking Alice is a Alice really is, is telling a fucking name. Fucking bitch. And I came in. I was like, "Hi, I'm the cocktail waitress." And she threw the money bag at me. Sure. That was how she said hello. Sure. And that was your first night. That was my first night of working with her. Yeah. Okay. But that. But I have to say that was one of my favorite ones. Okay. I really liked it. It was a pretty short shift, a pretty good chunk of change for what I was doing, and I was like a shark. It was like a challenge. Yeah. Finding the people who needed a drink. You're like, I'm gonna find them. And I'm gonna get them. I'm, I'm gonna, gonna get, get them what them. they want. I'm gonna get them. Okay. I liked that, and I also liked working lunch at the park restaurant when I first started there. It was really fun. The park. Where the was the park that? restaurant? It's about to close, March nineteenth. Oh, 19th. why? Um, you know, the Rent neighborhood was changing. Okay. It's hard to find good help. It, I saw it coming. <laughs> I saw it coming. But, You're like writings on the wall. I get. But that. I was there for six years. But I will say the first like year of working there was really really fun. Where is the park? Is it in LA? It's in Echo Park. Oh, it, oh boy, that's a little on the nose. Okay, that's yeah. why they're closing. Shitty naming. Now, oh. if they had followed Funk's <laughs> Fruit Farm or whatever that, well, they closed too. My point is not being made. Least favorite of all the jobs. Least favorite of all the jobs. Of all I, 16 jobs you've had. I will say it is, a, mm, okay, aesthetically, if that's even the that's a, proper listen, context. Sure, that's a thing. The catering job. Because they did not even know.
know how to run that business. They, oh my God, they needed so much help. So do you mean operationally? Operationally, because they were a restaurant that is still in business. And then they were a catering side. And they, I mean, it was like, there was not a lot of communication. It was really bad. Okay, so from coming from restaurants for so long and working in all kinds, ones that are, you know, not without their problems and one that are fully operational. What a mess. Okay. What a mess. So the details that Aaron is leaving out, because they're probably going to be boring for you guys, but I'm going to explain anyway. If you have a restaurant that is also trying to be a hub for catering, they are very different businesses, although they both include food. And so to try and run a catering business the way that you run a restaurant is that's like trying to run a school the way you run prison. I don't know. I mean, some people do that. I guess it's successful and they're kind of the same, but it just you think because you're dealing with the same material, which is food, that everything is going to be similar and catering. The speed is different. The The needs are different. It's just it's just yeah. there's no way to be an employee of a situation like that and and enjoy yourself. It was I a just, nightmare. Oh, I can't imagine. The only perk was the free food. I mean, and even and then you had to not, be sneaky about it. Yep. I remember you were like a, you were fully allowed to have it, but you still had to be sneaky about it. And yeah. I don't like being sneaky. Oh, well, you and I are different. <laughs> okay. So least favorite was, what did we land on? Oh, the catering job. But it's a close tie for how shitty it just made me feel going in all the time was the hostessing job because I was under six managers. Ooh, what? What? Oh, yeah. Needs so- what? Uh, well, they had um, an owner who was widowed. So she was an owner. She had two I'm sorry, see you next Uh Tuesday. Uh Twin daughters who are also managers. Great. A third daughter that would come in and out, a general manager, and then another manager for some reason. This is all great. So that sucked. And I was a hostess, and they, but I was also just their little bitch. They were living in your ass about being a hostess? I hated that place. They made me feel so bad about myself. Give me an example. But also, I can't even, couldn't even tell you. Couldn't even tell you. I also got food poisoning from the employee meal there. Get the fuck out of here. Not kidding. I've had food poisoning like two or three times in my life. And that was probably the worst one. Jesus. From employee meal. Fish. I should have known. I should have known. Oh, they're giving us fish. Shame on you, Aaron. This cheap ass. I'm not going to say the name of it, but well, I'll I don't tell know why you, you won't. it's not the dog and the mandolin. <laughs> it's not the puppy and the violin. Gee, is it the lamb and the trumpet? Mm, I know close. exactly anyway. where you <laughs> know where it is. I didn't realize that place was run by six. Is that still the case? I have no idea and I don't care. I yeah. When they were losing everything, I was so happy. Wait, but like, it's still in business. They got though, like they got a lot of help from the community, I think, to like relocate. I have not been in the new place. I don't know, man. This is another gross thing about that place. One time I came in and the entire floor of the kitchen was dug up to the sewer pipes. What? And they were serving food? Oh, yeah, baby. Right next to the area where you uh, prep the salads. Get the fuck out of it. That's got to be a violation. The only reason that I didn't personally call the health department and tattle on them is because I needed the money so bad. I couldn't afford to be sent home for the day. God, okay, I'm going to jump in. It was disgusting. I mean, like pile, a pile of dirt, a pile. Just serving food next to a pile of exposed pipes. The thing I'm going to jump in because for people that don't live in Los Angeles, so to get, we have like lettered grade ratings in the front of most restaurants and bars. Anywhere that serves food has to have one. And it goes A, B, C, and then anything below, I think anything below a B, you're shut down. If you for get sure. a B and don't rectify that in and a couple it, months, you get, you're yeah, done. Yeah. If you get a C, you're never go, you're never opening again. Yeah. And they, and so they'll put the letter in the window and listen, I worked for a place that had mold everywhere and they were paying off the person oh, that sure. gave the 
the letter. And that happens in LA a lot mm-hmm. too. But to get a B is so easy if you're not paying the people off. If you have a sink in the wrong location, they'll make oh, yeah. you demo the kitchen and start over. Sure. So the fact that they were able to be operational with that. Now, granted, you don't have the health board coming no. in every single night. So maybe this just happened to be a night they weren't coming in. But like if any customer became aware of that and made a single phone call, they would have never been operational again. It was wild to me that none of the other employees were faced. That is weird. That's like, oh, this place has been a shit show for as long as it's been running. That's trauma. And like the only person who made a comment was uh, one of the servers. So I worked lunch, so I would always see the transition. One of the servers coming in for dinner was like, what the fuck? Why didn't anybody call? And I was like, I would have, but I needed the money. I can't afford to lose this day of work. And that's the other thing with being in customer service is that like very often we have to choose our battles and often it comes to, do I want to pay my rent or do I want to... Do I want to serve lunch with the flu? Oh, I've done it. (laughs) Oh man, I've I've gone to work. What's up with your voice? Oh, I just have allergies really bad. (laughs) Which is true. (laughs) Yeah. I'm just an aggressive smoker. Please let me go (laughs) sneeze on your food. Oh my God. Okay. So that you would have said that's your least favorite, that and the catering, those two tie yes but also the venue the cocktail waitressing venue by my house was also a tie with like how bad i felt why going in there just was so because alice no no no. alice was from the echo oh right Um, sorry this is the other place i don't know it was i can't explain it it was just you were just there like the owner would pay you under the table less than minimum wage Mm -mm. and then you're relying on tips and nobody first of all the place is so small nobody needs a cocktail waitress no so it just felt like you were there to pick up trash oh i fucking have been in that position it just it's so dehumanizing. I kept it because I could literally walk out the door and be at work and I needed the money so bad because I had just put in my notice at my long-term waitressing job. And so I was like, I need to, I need to go to this once a week. Just at, to have something. Just to have this stupid, trivial amount of money. Why did you put in your notice at the waitressing job? The other one. Because I had been there for six years and I was getting really burnt out on it. And also opportunities were starting to come up that I was starting to have to pass up on. I was either, ha- I was having to make a choice. Do I go to work or do I go to this audition? Do I go to uh. work or do I self-tape this audition oh no yeah you that's not that should never be a choice so and also like you know i'm very much a relationship girl in my jobs and in real life and you know uh (laughs) i can honestly say that it had been over for me for like two years (laughs) you stuck around but it was so convenient to everything it was Mm. right near where i live the parking everything free lunch you know it was really 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 hard to leave but the management was suffering and so the place was suffering and also the neighborhood started changing i mean i've seen echo park really change and the customers were starting to get terrible Mm, weird entitled white people coming in and Mm, demanding things mm -hmm. is that what you're saying and it really started to change for me when one woman came in and she was like so um i've just moved into the neighborhood is it safe to walk here at night get the fuck out of here lady get out of here don't live here then go home yeah you're gentrifying this don't live here okay what's the weirdest thing you've ever been asked whilst on the clock well this is sort of sort of is going to tie in with a question you haven't asked yet. Okay, that's okay. Go ahead. Okay, so I worked as a personal assistant in that first, you know, that first eight months of living here. Before. Wait, did we count that? That you've had yes. 17 customer service jobs. Did I you did say count it? that. You did? Oh, okay. maybe I didn't count it. I don't it. think you said it. We're that's at 17. I kind of forgot about it. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Okay. So it was sort of a personal assistant, sort of a, a cleaner, I don't know, organizational, whatever. <sighs> whatever so, they wanted. Someone's hands. Somebody that was paying me so they didn't have to throw tissues in the wastebasket. Basically, shut the fuck up. Not lying about that. So she would have me do these weird odd jobs. I would clean the garage out. I could sell whatever I wanted. You know, I, I actually sold an electric wheelchair and like made money. <laughs> I really was a good little hustler when I first moved here. But she had a crawl space in this house. What? what? She had a crawl space, and she needed me to go into the crawl space. Oh, I would have freaked out. 
she needed me to go into the crawl space and look up some documents because they were being audited. Aaron. And all of her documents were in this crawl space. So I'm like, okay. Well, first of all, I get a little tip from one of her other house uh, servants uh-huh. that they had a rat infestation. Aaron? In the past. Stop it. And to be careful in the crawl space, you might want to wear a mask. Oh my God. So I'm like, okay. So... I'm like prepared for whatever is going to meet me in this crawl space, I think. So I put rubber gloves on. I wrap like a shirt around my face to work as a mask. I mean, also, I'm like taking care of two dogs and a cat in this house. Like it's it's always just me alone with two dumb dogs and a cat in this house. <laughs> Nobody is ever seeing me do the crazy shit. I had to get a hummingbird out of the house once. That's a whole other story. <laughs> okay, go back so to the crawl I'm space. I'm putting on gloves. I got my mask on. I open the door to the crawl space. And the first thing I see, I'm not fucking kidding. It's not even, I don't even know if this is going to resonate, but an antique, decrepit, stuffed tiger. From nope. the Barnum and Bailey Circus. No. Nope. That's a missing eyes. Nope. So I open I open up to this fucking raggedy, no-eyed, antique nope. stuffed tiger. This is how you end up in law and order. Face. Nope, 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 nope. Surrounding the tiger is indeed some rat shit. I will die. There's just rat shit everywhere. Aaron, how did you continue to walk well, in? Well, I'm like, well, I guess I have to clean the crawl space before I can even go in there. So I get a dustpan. I took pictures of myself cleaning the crawl space because I'm like, nobody's nobody's gonna believe this. <laughs> Wait, so is it truly a crawl space? Like the, the ceiling is not very high and like you have to like you, go bar to bar to bar? You can crawl in and... Stand I, up upright? Crawl, I don't remember if you could stand up upright. I think you could like, if you were really, if you were like five, two, you could probably stand up upright. I had to like crouch. Okay. But I mean, you could kneel. I could kneel to look through the paperwork. But I definitely had to clean the rat, rat shit before. You, yeah. Okay. But so that's you, not, I don't even know if that, okay. It also ties into this other part. Get there. So she, another one of her projects was she had an antique bassinet and oh, there's had, dead babies in it. No, but during the infestation, the it needed a new piece of foam in its, I don't know, in the mattress the area. Yeah. yeah. So it needs for the new, rat babies to live. So they had somewhere right. comfortable to sleep at night. This particular piece of foam was damaged during the infestation. Erin, you can just say it. Filled with rat holes. Filled with rat piss. Oh my God. But she kept it because she Aaron. needed she needed to find a new piece of foam. And it was such a strange shape or something shape that she needed it to be exact. So she was so, she about to sh- send the rat piss mattress out to get it fucking cut and customized? She put it in a bag. Erin, stop it. And gave me the name of a foam place in Burbank. You're not about to carry the piss the piss mattress to oh, the yeah. fucking Erin. No, I go to Burbank. They're like, you're not. This is not you're not going to find it here. You need to go to like a fabric store like Joanne. Tell Fabrics. me you un you like take it out of the bag and you're like, enjoy the scent of the rat pee. Oh, yeah. I had to take it out of the bag. I didn't tell them. I didn't. And here's the thing. The, You're the, like, I don't smell anything. You smell something. I don't smell anything. I didn't. I think that the infestation had happened long enough that it was dried rat piss. But, but it still stinks. Oh yeah, it still stinks. Yeah, it was not. What does uh, rat pee smell like? It just, I, you know, I don't know. Again, I do have really bad allergies. <laughs> my sense of smell isn't great. So that was one thing I had going for me. So. Oh, my God. So, so they're like, you have to go to Joanne Fabrics. They have to, they're like, you need to find a craft store. Like, try the, try the mall. So I, my very first time experiencing the, like, Glendale Galleria and the Americana, I'm traipsing through no. in my cleaning outfit. No. My cleaning house outfit. No. With a bag filled with a rat, rat piss, piss mattress. Baby mattress. Oh, four rat babies. To, there was probably a rat in it. If you, probably. Oh, oh my God. So that's the weirdest thing I've wait, ever wait, had You got to gotta finish that story. Did they help you customize some foam for new rat babies? Nobody could help us. Of course not. <laughs> oh 
<laughs> nobody could help us. Nobody wanted to help us. <laughs> I'm surprised you didn't get shamed out of the mall and you're like taking your fucking mattress. I'll never <laughs> forget riding the Glendale Galleria like enclosed glass elevator holding Aaron. a bag of rat chip trying to figure out where to where to go. And they wonder why comics are depressed. This is the kind of shit job they have to take. To I took so many pictures of myself doing stuff in that house. Like <laughs> there was no umbrella one day when there was a fucking rainstorm and I had to take care of the dogs for their I had to take them out for their 15 minute walk and there was no umbrella. I'm looking everywhere for an umbrella. Finally I found a kid's Minnie Mouse umbrella that like is has ears. full ears. Yeah. So I just take a picture of myself trying to get two dogs out holding this umbrella when i had to get the hummingbird out of the house Aaron. i took a paper bag and a tennis racket and i filmed myself getting it out of the window <laughs> why was it your responsibility for the rat shit and the hummingbird were you just like oh, I because mean, i was the cleaner i was like the bottom of the barrel she had a team a dog walker slash housekeeper then i was the organizer then she also had a i was the organizer slash fill-in when the top tier couldn't make it i wish you could see how hard my eyes are rolling right it's now crazy. this is the, yeah, this is what wealth does we used to have a joke about this woman she's like oh yeah can you uh like wipe my ass and flush the toilet after i take a shit <laughs> <laughs> because she would just do i mean nothing just nothing well what am i paying you for like what am i paying you for was she just enormously wealthy i don't know her husband did work in tv but their house was like modest i mean the six-year-old at the time did have an ipad uh, not an ipad an ipod oh and very fancy. she also was getting rid of an ipod like there was one in the trash and i was like is that is that how that works we just and chuck so, them? Okay, so this comes back to how how is it my responsibility? So then she also had a house sitter oh if they God. were out of town. So the house sitter is on her way out to go to her other job. And she's like, hey, um, I need to go. But so-and-so, the person who owns the house, is going to be home in like an hour. And there's a hummingbird in the house. And I need you to get it out before she comes home. And, and I was said, like, okay, okay well, I, I meanwhile, I'm, doing I, it. I'm like surrounded by garage doodads because I'm organizing the garage. And, and I had like, to stop everything to go. Get the bird out. How did you get the bird out? I got the bird out. How'd you do it? You just paper back? I took a couple of attempts. I'm so glad I got it on film, but uh, <laughs> I don't know where that recording is, but I know that I know it exists for me. The story of your life. Uh-huh. Yeah. So you get the, the hummingbird in the bag, which hummingbirds are so lovely. And like, was it freaking I kind of like swatted it into the paper bag gently and then like released like, it, like pulled, yeah, put the bag out the window. I was very like proud of myself. You should have been. That's, a, that's one of those things that you nobody would believe. I got um, fired from that job. Of course. How? Why? In an email. Oh, God. Well, here's the thing. The, the timing was perfect because I had finally, finally, finally landed my L.A. restaurant, restaurant job. job yeah. The job that saved my life here. And I, she knew that I was looking for a job. She knew I got it. She knew that I was starting it. And so I came on this one day and I was going to help her. And she knew I had to leave at 4.30. And she had the flu. And she needed me to do uh, wash all the bedding. All the bedding, duvet cover, everything. I said, great, I can do that. So I washed all the bedding. I put it all back on the bed, except for two pillowcases that are still damp for some reason. Okay. So I put the pillowcases back in the dryer for 10 minutes and I have to go. And so I tell her, hey, I got everything done. I have duvet covers back. The bed's all made. There's just two pillowcases that are um, still damp. So they're in the dryer. And she just looks at me and just goes, <sighs> it's like, what am I paying you guys for? Oh, I'll die. I will die. And I was like, it's just two pillowcases. I have to go to my new job. I was like, I'm I'm sorry. And I left. Good job. And I you. swear, like the next day I got an email that was like, Hi, so husband, his name, husband and I have been going over our financials. Our financial stuff. Yuck. And it turns out I have to cut down on my helpers. Of course you do. So, so which was, was kismet. Yeah. It was like, all right, great. 
And we, then I think I forwarded that email to my friend and called her a cunt. I hope I can say that on your podcast. You can. You totally can. And I think I still didn't really know how Gmail worked. I think there's maybe a chance she would have seen that. I'm still oh. not sure. I don't care. I truly don't care. I, I still that. have the iPad, the iPod. <laughs> and does it still work? It still work. That's incredible because most of their shit breaks down. Okay. So that's a lot of weird shit you've been asked to do. Hell yeah. What's an incident like with you that made them ask to speak to the manager? You know... My first year or so working at my bar job that I have now that I do love, like, it's okay. It's pretty good. <laughs> what it's good, it's good. Listen, I've been there a while. When I first started there, we didn't have a bouncer. And it's in like, you know, a, a, an area of Echo Park that still at the time didn't have a lot of foot traffic, but had a lot of transients, like really like right down the street from an encampment. So we would frequently get people coming in needing change or you know, demanding something or just coming in spaced out and not knowing what to do. So it was um, kind of taxing to have to like kick sure. people out all the time. Doesn't feel good. And then, you know, there'd be times where we would deal with an intoxicated person. And then it's like, okay, well now I have to deal with this. And I don't know if you know this, but men, young men don't like to be told told what to do by a woman what yeah i erin yeah so this is so helpful to know this so i'm telling this guy that i need to take his beer or i'm not going to serve him or his friends anymore unless i see their ids i'm gonna read i'm just jumping in and i don't mean to interrupt but you are going to finish the story the thing in california that people who don't serve out here don't know also and maybe it's just specifically los angeles i just had to take a class on this if you are so say the person went to four bars before you and they had like eight drinks or whatever you don't know how much they've drank if they come into your bar and you serve them literally half of one cocktail even if you go to take that drink away realizing that they are too intoxicated if anything happens to them and they choose to sue they can sue the last bar that served them and so they and not only can they come for the bar they can come for the individual bartender and or server I knew that handed them the drink and so you would have been liable for the yeah. eight drinks they had before them right. and so actually like when we are intervening and when we are being strict about like hey I can't serve you anything that this happens so often and then they get pissed because they're lit up on not just booze it's probably a whole concoction of other yeah. things but it's literally to save you from being sued by them and losing the very little that we do have so go ahead so this intoxicated gentleman you're like well, I need to no, see I, I, it's, I'm trying to remember the story because this happened a couple like there was so many incidents before we had a bouncer that they kind of all like jumble Blend in my together. brain and I also kind of blocked some of them out because they were really like traumatizing in a way like one guy like touched me and I was like don't touch me and he's like what did i grab your ass no but fuck you Get yeah out of here also don't touch me um anyway so okay i think what happened with this particular incident is there was four the two guys two girls and um the guys ordered the beers for the girls and i didn't see the girls come in and again we don't have a bouncer i like look back there i'm like i don't there's something about them I don't trust. There's something that seems off. I don't know. I am very observant. If you're underage, I can tell. Yeah. You just act a little differently. Yeah. It, it, I could just tell because I don't like being sneaky, but I can be sneaky and I know what <laughs> sneaky looks like, baby. <laughs> so I just, I want to go look, I want to go card them. Yeah, of course. Because if they're ordering four other people. That so I go you in are, the back yeah. and I'm like, hey guys, I just need to see everybody's IDs. And then the girl kind of gives me an attitude and she's like, well, we're already served. And like, okay, basically the way that she's talking to me, yep. it's like, it's obvious that yep. you don't have one and you're not supposed to be here. So let's just make this let's just as cut easy this as possible. Yep. So then I start to take the one guy's beer away because I'm like, I can't, I actually like can't serve you guys. I, I think he said something to me that like flipped my switch a little bit like he got really rude and the second that you this is something I learned from a coworker. he's like the second they turn on the staff 
they're out. It's oh, like, that's yeah, nice. true. You're coming into my house. Yeah. You're coming into my house. You're going to disrespect me. Get out of here. Yeah. I don't need, again, I don't need you. You need me. We're going to make our money tonight. Yeah. You know? You here or not. So I think he was like, you're running a really bad business here. This is a really bad business model here. And I was like, I, you're, I don't even know what I was saying, but I was just like, <laughs> the fact that he was like talking over me, not listening to me, nobody's listening to me. I don't know what I said, but I said something that was probably perfectly curt, yeah. witty and <laughs> zippy, digging into some <laughs> part of his psyche as like a 26 year old male that he, he was like, I want to talk to the owner or I want to talk to the manager. And I was like, I am the manager. That's such a good retort. I think he even asked my name and I was like, I don't have to tell you that. Oh, good. So clear. So not, not one of them gave you an ID. No, I don't remember how. I think they left because I was basically shouting them out of the bar. That oh. was such a frustrating time in my life when we didn't have a bouncer. But also what a fun experience to shout not, someone out. I mean, sure. <laughs> Maybe sure, retrospectively. Sure. And when we didn't have a bouncer, did I Dukes of Hazard style leap over the bar to <laughs> kick people out? Yes, I have. <laughs> Because you have to intimidate a man out the door sometimes. Yep. And the only way to do it is to look like a crazy bitch. Facts. Facts. And if they're not going to listen to you, you're going to force them to. Okay. And I'll tell you, it was customers' favorite things to say. I mean, any, uh, there was at least three leaps that I made over the bar to kick somebody out. And God each damn. time, somebody would be like, fucking fierce. And it's like, okay, yeah, but it's also not my job. Yeah. Also, I'm not paid enough for this shit. <laughs> yeah. Would the people leave if once you jumped over the bar? Oh yeah, one one of the like regular crackheads was coming in, and I like the second I saw his silhouette in the door, I jumped, and he was like, "Wow, you don't gotta roll up on me like that." And you were like, "I do." And though. I was like, "Go!" Like I just and I was shaking because I was like, "He could pull a knife on me." And also, if they're mentally unwell, you're like, I, "I there's not an even playing field here." No. Yeah. Okay. All right, great. So that's when they spoke to the manager. What was the last straw that got you out of like? Okay, so obviously you were lovingly let go from the assistant job, but what, was there a job that you've had? that had some dramatic last straw where you were like, fuck this place, I am out. Okay, I was thinking about this. It's less about fuck this place, but it was more so a fuck waitressing. I wanted to get behind a bar so badly. I've honestly, when I moved here, I was like, oh, I want to get a restaurant and then work my way to a bartender. It took me so many years to get behind a bar. It does. I can't even believe it. And that's why a lot of times I'm like, oh my God, I hate this job. It's like, no, you don't. (laughs) No, you actually don't. You just hate humanity. Yeah. (laughs) But so anyway, I think so. I remember a very specific incident because waitressing for so long, I really liked it. I really did. Like I enjoyed taking, especially lunch, the 45 minutes of somebody's shitty workday and like feeding them something. I wanted everybody to have the best meal. I truly love food and I like love the connection of food and heart and all that stuff. And so I really did like it. But after working in the same place for so many years, brunch lunch and sometimes dinner Mm. now we're on a dinner event in this restaurant that i loved so much and it's an event that you know wasn't like i don't know the people that are at the event are acting like they are so exclusive it's not like a charity fundraiser it's like it's like a top chef night it's like hey let's have this fun night and the people that are coming in are like bellissima bellissima giorno like they're speaking italian but they're like not even italian and it's not isn't even an italian restaurant you know what i mean so it's like this overall vibe and very busy it's just me and another guy it's supposed to be easy all, all we have to do is tray pass and is stuff. run drinks and you know the food's going to be coming out all at the same time should be a piece of cake. So it turns out to be like harder than they think it is because it's kind of a shit show. We don't do these events. Everybody's like, what do we want to start a tab? Or are we doing table numbers or individual people? Like it's not the normal way that it is. And okay? God forbid you ask management for help. Right. Well, because at this time, I don't even think we had a manager. Sure. Again, this is where, you know, things yeah. started to mm-hmm. crumble in. So I'm kind of running my, my balls around and... <laughs> 
And this guy, this table flags me. I'm I'm in the middle of obviously doing something that's very important. But this this man, and I talk about this on stage a lot, but this bitch, this man bitch in an infinity <laughs> scarf waves me down frantically. Did he have Uggs on? I didn't take a look at his feet. Okay, we probably did. Go ahead. He was perfectly bald and in a <laughs> gorgeous floral infinity scarf. Speaking Italian. Uh-huh. Uh, of course. And not Italian at all. <laughs> and he flags me down furiously to open their bottle of wine. And I'm like, okay, well, let me just, I'll just forget whatever Stop I what I'm doing. And I'll go over here. Now, I didn't have my own wine key. I forgot it. Shame on me. Yeah, should always but have I'm one. using the restaurant's wine key. Which is probably rusty and not oh, great. Oh, so terrible. It's like, a, you get what you pay for. It's a 99 cent store, probably. Oh, wine God. opener. It's fucking mangling the foil. And you can cut yourself. If you have never opened a bottle of wine, mm-hmm. you can cut yourself so badly yep. on wine foil. It's yep. not even funny. Yep. I didn't even know you could cut yourself on ice until I worked <laughs> in the service industry. <laughs> Get to the meat. Yep. So he's flagging me down. I'm opening this bottle of wine so quickly so they can all drink their fucking wine and it's taking forever. I can't get the foil off. So I just start to peel the foil off with my fingers. And this man goes, and again, we're not a fine dining restaurant. We're a casual neighborhood spot having a little top chef competition on a Saturday night to try to bring in some extra cash. <laughs> and as I'm unpeeling it with my fingers, he goes, well, that's not very sanitary for the whole table to hear it. And I'm like, well, if you wouldn't like if he wouldn't have rushed me, if you wouldn't make me feel like I need to rush and I have so many other things to do. So whatever, I get it open. I just kind of like don't make eye contact with him. Yeah, I wouldn't or, have like, don't break eye contact with him. I'm yeah. just like opening the wine. <laughs> and then I go to pour the wine oh, in God. his glass. Oh, God. And he goes, oh, I'm not drinking tonight. Just give me a just bring me a limonata, he says. A limonata. Sure, because he's speaking Italian. He's got. And so, so was that it? You were like, well, and I'm. That was like when I like really like had like tunnel vision. Like I can't believe it doesn't seem like much, but I cannot tell you like that is such a breaking point for me. Like everything kind of went like, black. <laughs> I got hot. I got <laughs> so mad, so mad. And I've never in 16 years, I've never spit in a sandwich. I've never picked up food off the floor and be like, I'm serving that. I've never <laughs> done anything. Yeah. The closest I ever came was at the country club and the member the uh the president of the country club board was being a huge dick one day and i had a cold and i like licked my finger and put it on his sandwich that's like that's, that's, a, that's the as extent, mean as you got that's as mean as i got but after that guy said all that stuff and then wasn't even drinking wine and he ordered a limonada with an accent that doesn't even belong there <laughs> i definitely stuck my pinky in his can of limonada yeah because you snapped felt good yeah. felt really good which i mean real talk that's not even all that <laughs> it's much. not even like, anything that's really, nothing yeah you know that's the same if as you, that opening. grosses you out if that grosses you out i'm gonna tell you right now you ever get an iced tea with a lemon in it you know how many hands are touching that lemon <laughs> hands baby <laughs> fingers <laughs> fingernails touching the lemon <laughs> and you know how many times they're washing their hands before they're doing that oh you know how many times they're washing the lemons they're not zero zero that's why when people ask for like extra limes with their tequila sodas i'm like yeah yeah yeah, sure hope that alcohol kills whatever the fuck's on the outside of that mm-hmm, mm-hmm. okay so that was and, but did you quit like shortly after well, the this is the funny thing about me I'm so loyal to my jobs and my relationships oh girl same that it's I terrible. gave a two months notice bless your heart because I was there with them for so long I was like one of the only people that could work brunt, the brunch shift so I felt I honestly really felt like I couldn't leave for a long time you didn't want to like I felt over. like I was like a hostage in my own family in a weird way oh god that's you so know? real but I mean it's I do I have so much love and pride for that restaurant and I'm so sad they're gonna be closing because it is one of my favorite places to eat that was the park yeah oh that is sad well you know maybe maybe if, oh, well, no i better not uh <laughs> how many bodily fluids have been on you whilst you were on the clock um i can 
I think safely say just ratchet. Rat piss? Well, rat it was dry. Piss, I guess it was dry, just, so it doesn't know, really count. Just uh, in general, rat infestation. So rat fluid. Yeah. Well, I got to say that's a first for us here on Service Perfect. from Hell. That is, I've never gotten that answer before. <laughs> so, so glad you said that. Okay. Do you tip? Oh my God, yeah. How much? At 20% minimum. Yep. And here's my rule for brunch. If you're going out to brunch, $10, no matter what. I don't care if your bill's $37, $38, $10. Why? Brunch sucks. Same. Brunch is the yes. worst and it takes an army. Army. You're not just tipping your server. You're tipping the you're tipping probably At, so many other people. Yeah, the kitchen and that gets server is not getting anything. Oh my god, your $3 is going nowhere. Okay, so I want to say this too. On brunch, it's labor intensive too because a lot of brunches have unlimited mimosas. And so <sighs> Which brings in a garbage crowd. I'm sorry. Oh, it does though, right? I'm sorry if you're one of those. So if you've gone to an unlimited mimosa brunch, do you tip off of what it would have been if you had to pay for all those drinks? You know, I don't go to that kind of brunch, but I if I have either. a discount, I don't either. Let's say let's say I get a discount or I have a coupon or somebody's like, oh, I'm going to give you service industry discount. I always tip on the discount. So do I. That is like a rule. It's crazy to me though, how many guests will come in, like guests of people will come into the comedy club and like, we'll be like, oh, you're so-and-so's guest. Okay, cool. We're going to give you the 40% off like comedy, whatever discount or whatever. And then they not only don't tip on the pre whatever Mm. total, they'll just be like, yeah, 10% is enough. I'm like, I don't under, I don't, you, you, your bill literally just got cut almost in half. (sighs) I mean, I can go off on. T- I know this is supposed to be a speed round. No, but do I have it. Something Get there. To say about say it. Right Let's now. go. Okay. So when I was cocktailing in uh, Echo Park in 2013, somebody, after I gave him a drink, puts a dollar on my tray and then puts another dollar on and goes, you know, dollar a drink just doesn't cut it anymore. That has stuck with me for the past six years. But I think that's kind. You fe- it's you very t- kind. You took that as shitty or you were no, like. No, no. I think that's great. Oh. No, no. I think that's great. Oh, because like he was aware enough. Yes. A oh, dollar okay. a drink. You're so right. It also, doesn't. Also, as a cocktail waitress, I'm saving you so much time. It's cocktail waitresses should be getting $5 a drink. No question. In my humble opinion. No question. But having said that, now, whenever I go to a bar, I think that same mentality. $2 a drink. $2 Minimum. A drink. Minimum. Minimum. And here's another thing. Since I've been working in this wine bar, the people, okay, a dollar is great if it's just like, yes, I want this. Thank you. Here's your drink. Here's a dollar. Yeah, if it's a beer, if all sure. I have to do is pop off a top. Everybody wants so much extra information. It's insane. It's and insane. I'll give it. Sure, I'll give it. It's a wine bar. I give people taste. I give people extra information. Tip on that, though. You better fucking tip on that. And you know what? I can tell when you're not gonna. And that's when I say, yeah, just try this one. That's when I withhold all of my knowledge because fuck you. Fuck you. You get what you pay for. You get what you pay for. Yeah. Now, how can you tell if they're going to tip or not? I don't know. I've just been doing this so long. I Isn't it crazy? And tell. people will ask me all the time and they're like, well, it's a certain group, obviously. And they no. want to say something like racist or shitty. And I'm like, no, no it isn't. It's, it's, it's a person. It's, it's a, a very person personality. And it's the way that they can interact with you from the very beginning. 100% how they're speaking to you. Mm-hmm. And my favorite is when people will come in and they'll be so sweet in the eye contact and they're like, oh my gosh, I used to work in the industry. Like oh, I told thank you. Thank you. you thank you. That person never thank fucking you. tips. That yeah, person. I think thank you is like, yeah. Enough. Or, or if they acknowledge, oh no, like I used to work in the industry. Well, if you don't currently, first of all, I don't know that I believe you if you say you used to. Right. And if you don't currently, now I'm suspect because I'm like, yeah, but did you work in it when you were five? Like, yeah. Go ahead. Okay. Well, here's the other thing to wrap up this tipping thing that has just blown my mind. My boyfriend was watching an old episode of Cheers and somebody tipped Carla a quarter. And she said, and this is 1982. And she said, well, that's about 75 cents short of a tip, of a real tip. <laughs> In 1982. It was a dollar. A dollar. 37, 19- 38 years ago. 82. <laughs> ah. 
So if you're still tipping a dollar oh. after almost four decades, oh, kill wow. yourself. You're right. That's a really get good... Get out of town. Get Especially out. get out of my bar. Get out of my bar for real. Okay. Have you ever been stiffed? Oh, yeah. Of course. <laughs> People don't tip at bars all the time. But I can't get mad at it because... And this is my this was my mentality when I worked at the park, too, because I had so many regulars that loved me. And, you know, I really did care yeah. about people that if somebody stiffed me and be like fuck you i don't need your money because i know that this guy mike's gonna come in and i'm gonna know what he wants we're not i'm not even gonna have to take his order we're just gonna nod at each other and he's gonna leave me five bucks and i know that's gonna happen. and i know that's gonna happen so yeah. fuck you i don't need your money but i did have another breaking point with this particular tip a uh, girl i came in to my shift she started asking me like personal questions right away mm. she goes wait a minute are you a clown which is such a vulnerable question to ask because like okay yes i have taken clown classes i do talk about taking my clown classes but when you talk about my clown classes it's not like <laughs> it's like you know you're like going into the depths of your psyche and like pulling Clowning out so intense it's really intense so she's asking me about these clown classes i'm telling her you know I'm, I'm giving her what she wants she wants to talk so i tell her i give her like all this personal did information you, did she know you from a previous i like, don't know where she saw i don't know oh she said she overheard me the last time she was at the bar talk about talking with a friend of mine. About. Who knew that. Okay, yes. Okay, okay. So now I'm telling her all this stuff. I give her her second glass of wine after giving her personal oh information. Oh, God. And before she leaves, because I see she doesn't leave anything. But before she does leave, she pulls out 37 cents and I puts it on the bar. What, what's the... What, 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 I don't know. And the way she does it, she's like trying to get my attention. Like, see, I'm giving you all I have. And I got so mad. I couldn't look at her. I wasn't going to do anything for her the rest of the time. Yeah, you're done. The second she left, I mean, I'm not going to say I have an anger problem, but I do have a streak. <laughs> this And it really like, again, Boiled. so hot. Yeah. So hot. It's all black. The second she walked out, I threw, I like flung the money off the bar. And then I felt bad about it. And I walked around the and whole picked bar it and up. picked it up. And there was a guy who watched the whole thing. And he just goes, you are fascinating. <laughs> And then I got rid of it. I was like, I'm throwing this outside. I don't want this energy in my bar. And I just threw the money it. outside. Someone picked it up. That's amazing. Yeah. Do you ever not tip? No. We had the worst service ever very recently. And I was like, 15%, 50%. And my boyfriend was like, you know, you can't do that. And I was like, you're right. Wait, but why? Could, can't tip that much? Or I, what did I, he mean? It felt, like, um, it felt like a personal attack to my soul had I left a 20% tip. Okay. Because the service was so bad. What, why, what so made it bad? He left us completely off of his radar. Oh, so he forgot about your table. He forgot about us the whole entire time. I mean, I wanted a second martini. Was he slammed? <laughs> Listen. <laughs> Listen, all I know is that I've been going to that place for Forever. many years. Okay. It's the first time I've seen this guy. You're like, who's this new fuck? Oh, he sucked. He <laughs> okay. really sucked. But you still tipped him 15%. I still, no, I tipped him 20%. Because you couldn't do the 15 That's what you fucking do. That's what you do. Okay. You hear that? All you cheap ass motherfuckers. <laughs> Were you ever fired from a customer service job? Like, I don't consider the personal assistant thing of firing because she knew you had something else and she was just being a weirdo. I mean, I, I get, yes, yeah. it was. But like, was there anything like lit in flames where they were like, don't come back? Never lit in flames. No, I, I also, I think I got let go from my ice cream scooping job, uh. but like in a very sensitive way. Like, I didn't want to be working there anymore, but I will not a quitter. Yeah. That's the other thing. That's another reason that makes me so hard for me to like let anybody down. But now I'm like, fuck it. I am my own person. You know, I am not my job. But I think I 
got let go from that job, not in a like blaze of glory or anything, but that's like the only job I can really remember. That's like, impressive. And what's the worst customer you've ever interacted with? Oh, that's a good question. It's funny how this is often a hard question for people because they can't figure out I which one to pick. can't pinpoint it. Do you have an example of someone that besides the 37 cents personal questions person? Oh, this is, this guy isn't like the worst customer ever, but every time he comes in, we all have to like tell each other like, hey, it's that guy. Because oh, there's there this are guy those customers. who tries to pull one out. He's, I don't know who he thinks he is or why, if he thinks that we're that dumb or if he's that dumb, <laughs> but this guy will come in, he'll order the most expensive glass of wine and then he'll walk away. So you have to like find him to start a tab. If he doesn't do that, he'll start the tab. He'll say, leave it open. And then a couple things either happen. If he walks away before he starts the tab, you either can't find him or, you know, cause we're so busy. He does this when we're so busy. He knows what he's doing. Yeah. He just tries to get away with shit or he'll come up and he'll order something and say that he doesn't have a tab started. Like he'll try to, or he'll close out his tab and be like, I only had one of those. Oh, that must have been my brother. That must so, have been my twin that just vaped. So my coworker and I have, she's talked to me about this guy. I'm like, I don't know who you're talking about. Then it happened to me. And I'm like, oh, I know exactly who you're talking about. So then he comes in one night on a Saturday, pulls the same shit, orders a $17 glass of wine, starts to walk away. I'm so busy, but I'm like, oh, no, 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 no. Not so tonight, motherfucker. Like, hey, did you want to start a tab? And he was like, oh, yeah, I was just coming over to talk to my friend. Like looking at me like I'm crazy. You're crazy, of and course. I'm like, yeah, well, you, you have to, you have to like, Give me a, a card. Drink. So he gives me the tab and I go, do you want to leave it open? And then I go, oh, wait, never mind. I remember you. I'm going to close it. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> so I go and I close it and I bring it back and he goes, wait, what does that even mean? And the girls that are with him are looking at me like, what? What happened? <laughs> and I just go, hmm. Did he tip you? I don't remember. I don't care. Didn't matter. Does Wasn't the point. Matter. Sometimes our petty asses when we're working in customer service, oh, yeah. uh, it's like, keep the tip. I need the glory of this moment <laughs> and I'm going to take it. That is my tip. Yeah. If I did I, get in trouble. I didn't get fired, but I did get in trouble. I got a phone call. About that? boss. No. About a different situation. I was off the clock, but my coworker wanted me to call last call and I had had a really bad interaction with somebody who was taking forever to decide, wasn't letting me help them, oh, was just making me God. give them tastes of everything. Thing? I'm telling you. <sighs> and I was like, you. let me help you. And then he didn't tip. You fucking piece of and shit. And so before he walked away, I was like, excuse me. I was like, did you finish signing this? Because there's. Oh, Good so you meant to do that? You. I was like, oh, okay, cool. Just wanted to make sure. But why would you get called about that? You were Well, that's, you not, that's not where it ends. So then. I, <laughs> <laughs> so there's nothing I can do to retaliate that. I'm so pissed. I'm I'm not feeling well. I wanted to leave a half an hour ago, but my coworker was like, no, I need your help. It's busy. But it wasn't. And so I'm like already annoyed that I'm still there. So the only thing I can do to retaliate against this is there's little candles on all the tables and I just go by and I take their candle away. <laughs> Okay, well, that pissed him off enough. Your to, boss or the no, guy that didn't the guy, tip you? the 25-year-old asshole. Uh, was he white? Oh, yeah. Shocking. You know it. Uh -huh. To email my boss and complain about me. You fucking, who has oh, that, wait, who wait, has wait, that wait, kind I'm of sorry. time? I'm sorry. It actually doesn't end there. I forgot. After I air it. It doesn't end there. So, yes. Okay, so I took the candle away. Then I go and I have my own glass of wine. I'm clocked out. I'm eating my snack. I'm decompressing on my phone. And my coworker's like, hey, can you do the last call for me? So, I'm like, all right. So, I go last call but that's how it is at most bars screaming last call i'm not finished oh god last call don't forget to tip your bartenders <laughs> unless you're a fucking dick did you say that but it was very quiet <laughs> not quiet enough he definitely heard it I don't know if he did i don't know what i really don't know if it was all three parts that made him email the boss or if it was just the first part where i can confronted him about not tipping about being a prick yeah so he emails your boss and then your boss is like hey. uh, we have a phone call and i'm like look i don't have time for this <laughs> 
Did you quit? I was like, look, I was like, I have a breaking point. I'm sorry. You know, he was like, it was fine. It actually, I don't want to talk shit about my job. I hope I didn't say where I work. It's fine. I didn't. I love my job, but I will say it did bite him in the ass for not. You got to take your employee's side. You do. I mean, that. yes, I was wrong. I shouldn't have done that. Okay. But he like offered to get this guy whatever he wants, like a beer and a snack on him. To come back. Mm -hmm. The guy comes back in. We don't know who he is. We get the text after he's already like dealing with my other coworker. Okay. He racks up a $45 tab. Of course he did. Doesn't tip. Doesn't pay for it. Because it's on the the house. He got the email when it was really supposed to be an $8 beer and a $5 order of bread. Wow. So they got like, he tasted them on a bunch of wines. They got the most expensive wine and then they got food. Like, you know what? Came back and got your boss. Yeah. Cost you 45 bucks. I can't stand that when managers are just like, just want to not deal with the person that they give it's them. Like, like, and has that guy ever come back in? Of course no. not. Because he got his free shit and that was all he wanted. I had a guy give me a bunk card once and knew he did. And then a very massive comic who's incredibly famous surprised everybody and came in to where I was working and was performing. And the couple had already left of the guy who gave me the bunk card and they had like a hundred plus dollar bill. He comes back in the back and tries to get his table back. And at this point I had already had the, the tab voided because I was like, he's oh gone. God. And like, thank God my manager was like, all right, you couldn't have known that. So because otherwise in most restaurants, guys, when you walk out on a bill, we have to pay it. Yeah. And I, it's so unfair. So well, it's, that's it, what that guy who I was like, I remember you because he's done yeah. that. He's, and then you have to pay it. Yeah. No. And that's not fair. And we're that closing be, him out every time. And depending on what the tab Nathan. is. Yeah. Nathan, it might be the full thing that you would have made that night in tips. Right. And he comes back and he tries to watch the this very famous comic. And I was like, um, the card that you gave me didn't go through. I tried it three times. Did you want to pay for your tab? And he was like, like I gave you a working card and I was like you didn't and then I have to get security involved and management Ooh. involved and then this other extremely famous comic is trying to get on stage and this situation is interrupting it and is then the comic acknowledging it oh he stopped talking he wow. stopped he was just like because he's so famous he couldn't be like what's happened I mean I guess he could have but didn't. yeah and like I'm not saying their names on purpose because it's just yeah, yeah. it's too intense so then my manager ended up taking his side now I should have <gasps> probably been fired because I walked up on the conversation where the guy was lying and he said that I ushered him out I tried you know, like he, he made, and I just turned and I was like, none of what you're saying is true. So anyway, that manager who could have and probably should have fired me after that gave the guy things to come back because the guy was like, I'm from New York. I've never experienced this. I have the money. I have the money. He was creating such a scene. I was like, he doesn't get to see these two comics either. You gave me a bunk card. You knew you did yeah. because then you hand me a card that isn't even remotely the same. Like it'd be different if you give somebody a card that looks like, oh shit, this is my other Citibank card. I forgot. I gave you the wrong one. Right. You gave me a, it's like a red card versus like a purple card. Like yeah. you, you know you gave me the wrong card that kind of shit makes me fucking crazy but yeah. in any other place you're stuck with a bill yeah i'm going off this is this is catharsis you know <laughs> okay well on that note now we're gonna get on to the good stuff we okay. hope you save room for dessert <laughs> okay what was the nicest thing a customer has done for you whilst you were on the clock oh my goodness this is pretty nice as much as I talk shit on that country club job because I worked there for so long and I worked in the drinking, gambling, smoking section just right off the 18th hole. They called it the 19th <laughs> hole. And I w- waited on the same retired old grumpy men for so many years. I didn't tell them until two weeks before. I knew I was leaving, but like, I was like, fuck you. Fuck this job that doesn't want to give me the raise I deserve. And so I gave them two weeks and then I told everybody. I also wanted to get like Christmas tips, which would w- w- happen. Yeah. Which you would get Christmas tips tips because it was not a tipping kind of a place. So I waited and then I told everybody that I was leaving and then I don't know how many of my regulars got together and got a card. Oh. 
and they signed it and I still and they put a bunch of money in it that is super that, like, lovely was just so I mean honestly when I think about how many people signed that card and how much money those people have it should have been a lot more but no like <laughs> but it's I still have that card and something in that card has stuck with me forever and it's somebody wrote thanks for bringing sunshine into our bleary lives oh my god and I, I was cried. just like holy shit like that is what I do huh and that's really seeing you for who you are yeah which doesn't often happen so that was probably the nicest thing that is that for sure like the took nicest. care of my gas money that's so lovely what's the best lesson you've learned working in customer service oh my god just treat people like human beings we are all human we are all human nobody's better than anybody else look your server in the eye maybe take your sunglasses off oh. i started taking my sunglasses off i never would have thought of that but once i start working brunch on a patio i realize what a strange i can't even ex- the dynamic that is that's really puts somebody yeah that really can make you feel like you're being demeaned god i didn't even think about that I've i don't i mean yeah. it didn't feel like that for me but like you don't know who you're dealing with so now anytime i'm sitting outside with sunglasses i take my sunglasses off i look the person in the eye this is a line from a fish song Uh-oh. i'm really revealing myself here nerd but, you know it's just such a good line try not to step what is it look into the eyes of everyone you meet and try not to step on your best friend's feet i really do try to i think eye contact is such a tiny little detail that if we paid a little more attention to i just think our overall human interactions would be a lot better vastly improved well that's a dave rosowski callback because that was his thing with improv he was always Mm. like eye contact first last always like that is what decides a scene okay what's the best customer you've ever interacted with you know honestly i'm gonna give him a shout out jacob sinclair if you're you're not listening to this but i had a regular at that restaurant job he was so nice he came in all the time he had his little music studio down the street he would bring in like famous people but i am blind to that like i don't know who anybody is so that's another reason he liked it it's like (laughs) nobody like gives us a hard time in here and you know he was just always really great knew what he wanted like his guests were always really nice except for courtney (laughs) well now i'm just like saying a lot of names but you know what she was unapologetically herself but he was really great and on my last day he tipped me 100 bucks and nobody's ever done that before i've always heard about people getting like these great tips like oh yeah somebody and then that night that somebody left me my best tip and nobody had ever done that and it was just it was really cool it was really really cool and like he was somebody who was also like a friend like we had met outside of the job and it just for him to it felt like he saw me as a whole entire person oh god that what a great way of saying it that is what feels the best that yeah. you are a human you saw me as a whole entire person what's one piece of advice you would give to customers that interact with customer service workers here's a good one pretend that everyone you interact with is someone you love sometimes i do that at the bar because i have a coworker who's so negative that i'm really i can't i can't i gotta come in and i gotta like level I, the I energy i want to make this night a positive one sure if i'm gonna like, give you my time here. you know so so treat everyone like as if they were someone yes, you love yes so i'll have nights where i'm just like in such a bad mood and just to try to flip my switch i'll try to pretend that everybody is like that one annoying mom's friend that you have or you know what i mean yeah, like you're like oh, i love this okay person. i know this i love them it's just them i think that that could really help just anybody you interact with just pretend that it's somebody's mom that you know or just somebody like put a little compassion behind your interactions because man i've seen some people treat some people like garbage mm-hmm. it's disgusting and no one deserves that no one does anything else you want to let people know about customer service jobs before we wrap not up? everybody hates it it doesn't it's not everybody hates it and not everybody is like on that level of like well if you don't like the job you shouldn't have it like well first of all some people don't have a choice you know like yep. let's just get rid of that mentality because some people can't choose the jobs they want Hello. you know Hello. anyway not everybody hates it not everybody is against you not everybody is trying to just get your money like there are actually people that just want to be nice who just want you to have a really good meal. 
Well, how can people get in touch with you, Aaron? Are you doing another solo show soon? When does sauce happen? Like how do people get eyes on you? The best way uh, for you to find out anything I'm doing is to follow me on Instagram and Twitter. Also, because it's the only thing Hollywood cares about are those numbers, baby. Let's <laughs> okay. get those followers up. So, uh, so I am uh, that's so lampy on instagram and twitter you can find out um all the shows i'm doing there is it and, and can you spell it for people i know it's yeah yeah t-h-a-t-s-s-o-l-a-m-p-y <laughs> amazing okay <laughs> everyone was able to write that down what were you gonna say before i interrupted you oh uh, i was gonna say i'm also um i have another solo show i've been working whoop, whoop. on it's really fun and it is all restaurant related it's like all of my restaurant Nightmares. life okay. coming out into this form of a one woman show called Erin Lampart Serves Herself. Follow me on the stuff. You'll find out the dates and uh, you can find me at the Super Serious show March 18th at the Virgil 8 p.m. If you're into that, it's a great show. And that's in LA. Well, we're going to drop your checks now. Thank you so much for listening. If you want to help us out here at Service from Hell, leave us a five star review on iTunes and tell your friends to listen. It will help us reach more people that need to be schooled on the art of being kind. It will be catharsis for those of us still working in the industry. And if you have stories of your own, we'd love to hear from you here. Email us at servicefromhellpodcast at gmail.com and someone from our team will let you know if we're going to read your story on air. Remember, if you can't afford to tip, you can't afford to go out. So don't be garbage and be good to people. It's easier that way. Thank you so much for coming out, Erin. Thank you so much. Appreciate this you. so fun. Good night, everybody. Bye.